The Florida Lottery has generated more than $44 billion to enhance public education in Florida, enabling more than 980,000 students to attend college on a bright future scholarship. Thank you, Florida Lottery. Hi everyone, especially Takes Doc Nation. Thank you again for listening to the Mentors and Milestones podcast. I'm your host, Tatiana Green from the Take Stock and Children State Office. As we gear up for another year of Take Stock and Children graduates, we are so excited to not only celebrate these upcoming students, but also acknowledge a new class of Leaders for Life Fellows. This is a special program within Take Stock and Children, and we have one of their alumni fellows that we want to talk to today. His name is Alfonso Mejia, and he's from the Take Stock in Children of Broward County program, and he graduated from the Take Stock program in 2012. All right, let's give it up for Alfonso Mejia. Thank you for joining us for today's program. Thank you so much, Tatiana. Really excited to be here today. Of course. We're so happy to have you. Thank you for your time today. We want to know like what you're doing now a little bit. Like, What are you doing for work? Where do you live? All that good stuff. Yeah, definitely. So I'm currently living in New York. I've been here about two and a half years or so. Um, I work at Google. I've been at Google now uh, close to eight years. Um, I started off as an intern well, in their Michigan office and then moved to San Francisco. And then now I'm in their uh, New York office. So it's been a, quite a journey post take stock days, I guess you could say, because it's been yeah, it's been since 2007, since I joined the program. And then in 2012, became a Leaders for Life fellow and then went on to college uh, at the University of Florida, Go Gators, and joined Google immediately after. So what I do pretty much is I work on the YouTube team um, and I cover trust and safety for the Hispanic or for the Spanish speaking um, market. So making sure that we're uh, appropriately you know, all our policies are taking into consideration any cultural uh, nuances or language nuances that need to be taken accounted for um, when we apply our policies. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And it's so nice to know that you had an opportunity to go across the country and experience life in different places so far in your career. So let's start from the beginning, though. Let's go back to when you first learned about Take Stock in Children. How were you introduced to Take Stock in Broward County? I had no idea what college even, I mean, of course you would hear it on TV and stuff, but I that wasn't really like a topic that we talked about at home really, because I grew up with a single mom um, and she was always working. Pretty much our, like our kind of like silent commitment between my sister and I was, let's just be really good students and we'll see where that takes us. And then seventh grade, I get pulled aside um, by one of the guidance counselors the guidance counselor basically was like, hey, you guys have been nominated for a scholarship. And at that point, I'm like, what have I done? I haven't really, I mean, we're in seventh grade or I haven't even started applying to college or nothing. I have no idea what I even want to do. Um, and it was a paper application, I remember. And I remember I, had, I took it home and I immediately started just like filling it out. And there was a part where my mom had to fill out. But she doesn't like she didn't read her. She doesn't really speak, read or write English. So I remember I had to kind of walk her through it um, to fill it out. And then I remember submitting the application probably like a couple of days after because I was very eager and then basically found out that I was accepted into the program. And that's when it started. But I, th- I would say it's like towards the middle end of uh, seventh grade year. Wow. Thank you. Um, And you mentioned that your sister and you made a pact about continuing your education. Was your sister older than you or younger than you? 
She was older than me. Yeah, she's five years older than me. Oh, okay. And so were you guys keeping each other accountable to pursue your education beyond high school? We were the first in our family to do this. She was first. I definitely followed in her footsteps because she went to college right out of high school when clearly she didn't have to because she was working, right? And I think it's very common for folks after high school just to go into the workforce. But she chose to do both work and go to school. So that was a big like sign for me who was five years behind, right? Knowing, okay, well, if I keep on doing well, I can go to college too Mm -hmm. and figure it out after that. So that's exactly what I did. Really, the most expensive part of college is like the living expenses. Right. But thank God for Leaders for Life, because that's what basically covered the difference of everything else. So that's why I was able to afford to go to um, University of Florida. Because to be honest, the tuition part, being like a take stock student, that's all covered, right? And Bright Futures, you know, and then mm-hmm. basically the Pell Grant, all of that, that's all covered. But really, the most expensive part is living. Wow. Okay. Well, we'll touch on that in a little bit. I want to know more about your Take Stock in Children experience. How is it like working with your mentor? Did you have the same mentor the whole time that you were part of the program? Tell us some more about that. I did. I was actually definitely one of the lucky ones um, that, yeah, my first mentor was Barry, Barry Romerill. Um, He was assigned to me in seventh grade and he was with me all the way throughout until I graduated high school. And even to this day, we still meet. We meet probably like once a year. Uh, we try to, he was just in New York like a couple of like years ago and we got lunch. Um, and when I go down to Florida, um, I make sure to reach out to him so we can like catch up. So it's been, it's been great to see the evolution, I think, of myself <laughs> um, because I remember he had a somewhat of a similar upbringing to me in a way, given that we both grew up with our single mom, right, in the household. It was just crazy because, you know, I was placed not just with just like any mentor trying to give back, but someone who really, I think, had a very, you know, outstanding career. And what's awesome is our relationship never really was about that. It was always more about how I was doing as an individual. And it was really more focused on me rather than, you know, and then it wasn't until like later on that I started asking more about him because I realized, wait, I want to maybe eventually get to the C-suite or continue on in my career at that level. So I'm so thankful for my mentorship relationship with Barry because I think we were like a really good team. Wonderful. Can you tell me like what was the most memorable lesson that you learned from your mentor while you were in the Take Stock and Children program? He really wanted me to shoot higher like for the stars really he kept on like because he he saw that I was a really good high school student I had really good grades I was very involved I was senior class president so I was I had a very strong academic and like extracurricular profile he was very supportive but he said hey I think I want you to like shoot for the stars like you should be shooting for like the Harvards the Columbia's of the world and it's funny because I just started my master's at Columbia um this past semester so i'm in my second semester now so the lesson i got from him was no you need to shoot higher so i mean i ended up at google which i think is like the equivalent right of like the ivy leagues of you know tech companies i'm just reacting over here with the mic on mute because i'm just like whoa i'm i'm so this is so good this is what take stock is about right we want to inspire and and put in scholarships mentors and hope in in our students right and that hope, what you mentioned there about reaching for higher, aiming for higher in personal and professional life, 
is so important, especially if you may not have all that inspiration at home to have that with a mentor who's put in the work, who's consistently been with you for years, like year after year after year in this program. I'm sure that has done wonders for not only how you think about yourself, but your trajectory for your future in terms of your career and what you're doing now that you're pursuing your graduate studies. I mean, that is amazing. Thank you for sharing that with us, Alfonso. Absolutely. Thank you. Wow. So speaking to that point, why do you think having a mentor or mentors is so important throughout life? Yeah, you need it. I think, um, and I think many times when you think of mentor, it's like, oh, it has to be like a formal relationship. And many times that's not the case, right? I think having, you know, a, a formal mentor, like through the Tech Stock and Children program is, it's amazing, right? Because it has like, you know, a structure, which is really great to follow and everything. You know, your mentors could, you know, be your, like my mom is my mentor, right? My grandma is my mentor, uh, my sister, like I have, you know, mentorship throughout me, like my friends, you know, family, everyone. So it's really important because, you know, you can't expect someone to feed you, like spoon feed you, but you could definitely ask for a spoon, right? Or like ask for a helping hand. And I think that's kind of what mentors like serve for. Good stuff. Thank you. Thank you for that. And so now we're getting into the the journey of you becoming a Leaders for Life fellow. So tell me more about how you got involved did you get nominated? Did you apply? How did you hear about it? Like I mentioned, um, I was part of the Broward County program, and I believe it's every other quarter, the student advocate from the county was assigned like multiple high schools, right? Uh, mine was Raquel, like seriously the best ever. She was like my student advocate pretty much since like, I want to say all throughout my four years of high school. She came in for the bi-quarterly check-in to make sure that I'm uh, I'm in good standings with the Take Stock program, right? She saw that I kept on saying, hi. we kept on getting interrupted because I kept on saying hi to people in the office. And she asked, she's like, wait, how do you, like, what what, what is this? And I said, oh, I'm I'm a student leader here on the, the school. And then she was really, I think, impressed. And she, she said, wow, you have really good grades. And on top of that, you're very active on campus here at your school. Um, you might seriously be eligible for something called Leaders for Life. And I'm like, what the heck is that? When the nominations came out, they had sent the email out to 10 students within Broward County. And then from there, those that applied, they selected three to then send out up to the state. And then from there, so each county, I think, was able to nominate three students. I believe that's how it works. And Raquel was my student advocate pretty much. And she was the one basically rooting for me, along with the entire uh, Broward County office, Amanda Frey, Robert Alness uh, at the time. And they send those three nominations up to the state. And then they narrow it down to 12 finalists. And then those 12 finalists, each get a MacBook. Um, and I remember like thinking, I'll just be happy with just getting the MacBook, get being a finalist, because I had always wanted a MacBook. And when I got the MacBook, I thought, no, wait, now I really want <laughs> the scholar, like the, the fine. And then from the 12, they narrowed it down to five students. And thank God I was one of the five that got selected that year. So I was part of the second cohort of Leaders for Life. And now they're like in their 12th or 11th. It's just insane how much it's grown. Yeah, we have a big network of Leaders for Life fellows now and alumni from the program. So to see the pictures um, from mm -hmm. them coming together every year, they have their annual events. It's so nice to see and also to meet the students. So what was it like for you when you um, found out that you were a finalist finalist that you were getting to be part of this special program? 
But because I, I remember they told my mom when I made it to the top 12 when I got the laptop. So I kept on asking her, hey, did they tell you if I like, you know, I'm like, you have to tell me, come on. Like, I'm, I literally was losing sleep leading up to that day. Finally, when that day came, I go to school. I'm in class first period and I'm super nervous um, because I'm like, and what, when, are, when am I supposed to find out? I had no idea. At that point, my sister texts me, hey, just want to let you know, like, unfortunately, you didn't get it. But um and because they played a really big prank on me uh, but it was it was but it's funny because i'm i'm not easy to be surprised but that was my first time i've ever been surprised because and it was the best surprise to this date because it was worth my entire future right so then maureen Austins comes on and it's the principal he says we have a special announcement for one of our seniors today and i like look around I'm like wait is this it and then one of the school board board members came to basically announce it and then she announces that I was selected as the finalist and that I would be going fully expenses paid for to college. And at that point, I hadn't even been accepted to college yet. So it was crazy to find out that like I was going for free anywhere in the state of Florida. I just had to get in, right? And then that day at night, I got into Florida State. But it was just really humbling to know that I was going fully expenses paid for before even getting into college. And then that same day getting in. But then I thought, you know, I'm going to hold off a little bit because I was still waiting for University of Florida. And on February 10th, I got in to University of Florida. And then I'm, and immediately I signed and committed. And that was it. That has been like a highlight for you, especially as, as a senior. You're putting in these college applications. You know what schools you want to go to. But to get that, that relief of knowing that you don't have to pay a dime to go to college is that is a dream come true, I'm sure. <laughs> I was kind of like tearing up a little bit thinking about that day because it was just like probably definitely the best day of my life. Wonderful. So what happens after you become a leader for life? Like what what are the responsibilities? What are the roles that you have to do to um, participate in this fellowship? Also, thankfully, I mean, it's it, it, it's a it's a leaders for life cohort. Right. Um, and every year in August before basically uh, school starts, um, there's a summit in a, in a, in a different city within Florida. Um, so it, when I was around, when I was a, a, um, a fellow, I got to go to Orlando, Jacksonville, Fort Lauderdale, and Tampa. Um, and they kind of, you know, mix it up, mix it around. But what's awesome is even when you graduate college as a Leaders for Life fellow, you're always a Leaders for Life fellow because this past August, I would just, I went back to the summit, got to meet like all the new fellows, but either way, it's, it's, it's such an awesome feeling because it, it, the name of it of itself, leaders for life is exactly what it is. Like we are all leaders for life and the commitment is to be lifelong learners forever. Right. So um, really while you're in college, the the only commitment I remember is just, you know, keep your grades up. Right. I think you have to have a minimum 3.0 GPA. As as you mentioned before, it's part of the Sofsky Family Foundation. So Mark Kosofsky, who's, you know, the, the lead of that, he pretty much like super involved with making sure like everyone, you know, is doing well as a person. He, uh, Mark is another mentor of mine that has truly played a huge, huge part into my career. Um, and he's someone like to model after his like philanthropy mindset just in general, I think has shifted, you know, my mindset of like, you know, you want to do well in your career, but actually you want to do well so that then you can make others do well. 
And I think that's like what I see in him. Um, and that's all his, like his commitment to life, at least from what I see is just giving back and like being such a good person about it. And it's awesome. So that's what I got from it. And even to this day, some of my best friends are from that program, Leaders for Life. It kind of felt like Willy Wonka, you know, and they get the, the golden ticket because you're all so confused because you get flown out to Tallahassee with like one parent, right? And you're there and my mom doesn't speak a word of that. She didn't really speak English. So she's super confused. And we're like meeting the governor of Florida, shaking his hand and taking pictures. And it's just, it felt very like Willy Wonka, like chocolate factory, but it's instead it's like, this is real life. And yeah, so it was amazing. Wow. That is so cool. Thank you for sharing that firsthand experience of what it's like to be a Leaders for Life fellow and that to know that you all are fellows for life. And so now that we are going to introduce our 2024 class of Leaders for Life fellows, what would be some advice that you would give to them as they embark on this new chapter of their academic journeys? Oh, that's a great question. And honestly, it's to not worry about what it is that they're going to graduate with. It's okay if you're going to change your major, because I, I went in saying I was going to be a lawyer. That was my, when like, it was funny because of my, the five of us from the 2012 cohort, two of them said they were going to be doctors and they are, which is nice. Uh, and then the other three of us, we kind of, I think we, we I don't even remember really what we were going to say. I, I remember I said I was going to be a lawyer and that changed really quick. I started studying accounting and then I switched to finance. So every year I would go back to um, the summit because, you know, you introduce yourself and everything. I always had a different like, like changing change of course. So it's for my advice is the whole point of you going to college expense free is so you can take the time to figure it out. So it's, you know, and it's okay if you change your mind, it's okay if you say you're going to be a doctor and then you want to be a lawyer or whatever it is. And the best part about the leaders for life community and Mark and everything is, is that like, he is a hundred percent unconditionally supportive of what it is you want to do and be like, I, it's really nice to feel that way to know that, like, and, and I don't, and I also want to tell them, like, don't feel any pressure of failing of like having to drop a class, failing a class. Like that's totally okay. I had to drop a couple classes, you know, and it's like, you will be fine for it. Don't feel the pressure of, Oh my gosh, I'm going to let down the leaders for life program because that program is full of amazing people. And that is the case. We are all amazing people because we don't give up. And that's ultimately my biggest piece of advice is to keep pushing. You will be fine. Um, and the hardest part is behind you. Wow. That's some sound advice that I know this upcoming class is going to need and will implement as they start their college journeys as leaders for life. How did you get started in your career at Google? Were you um, doing an internship while in college for them or how did that start? Yeah, great question. And exactly. So when I was a sophomore in high school, sorry, in college, I was already beginning to prepare the cabin for graduation. I thought, okay, my only goal was have a job waiting for me upon graduation. I was just really scared because I think when I started school, when my sister started college, it was like an 08 when the people would talk about like how the job market, all that. So I was really scared. I was like really scared about going to college and not having a job. So I was going off of like safety. 
of, okay, well, what degrees will for sure ensure me a job? And I thought accounting, finance. So that's why I netted on finance, right? But it turns out I really hated finance. I hate finance. like, <laughs> But it's okay. I, I'm glad I studied it because it really had, gave me the quantitative rigor like needed in like day-to-day stuff. But when it came down to the actual like job that are available for finance majors, I was not into it. So I I interned at Wells Fargo in Atlanta in their capital finance uh, division. And like three weeks of being there, I just thought I can't do this after college. I'm like, I will literally go crazy. Um, So I was thankfully part of a program called MLT, Management Leadership for Tomorrow. It's a nationwide organization that places Black and Latino students into Fortune 500 companies with, with 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 paid internships with the goal of getting them to go back full time. So that was my focus, right? So Mark was one of my recommendation letters to the program. Camila, 2011 Leaders for Life fellow, she's the one who told me about it. She said, "Hey, you need to apply to MLT when you when you get a chance because if you're in the business world and you want to get into the business corporate world." that's the program to be in. So that's why how I got into Wells Fargo and Google through that program because I got that intern I got those internships through that program. Wow. And what do you what did you say that you do now and while you're working in New York for Google? Yeah. So I currently I'm at YouTube, right? Uh the YouTube team within Google. Um and I'm in trust and safety. So you can just think of uh all of like, you know, the content that gets posted online. So as you can imagine, we do have, you know, machine learning that helps us regulate any content that's violative, but that's ne- that's never going to be, you know, perfect, right? So I, I come in to help put color to the gray area for Spanish speaking content. So I, I look after primarily Mexico, but the broader region. So, you know, right now we have elections coming up in Mexico this summer. My job is to focus on making sure that Whatever content's being uploaded on the platform is, you know, not fake news, not, you know, so it's a big operation, you know, that goes behind, behind it all, making sure there's no hate speech, right? Because, you know, as you can imagine during election times, it's very incendiary with like commentary, et cetera. So um, it's working through that. Very good. All right. So we're going to land this plane. It's been an amazing journey with you, Alfonso, and getting to know your take stock story, especially as a Leaders for Life fellow. So I have a question for you that's kind of a statement that maybe you can fill in the blank for me. Um, I, we usually ask alumni, how has take stock and children impacted your life? And then you've answered the end of the statement, because of take stock, I can. So in your words, because of take stock, you can do what now? Because of Take Stock, I can seriously do anything I put my mind to. That was Take Stock was the first door to open for me. You know, you, you're never gonna forget that first door to open because it was the first opportunity given to me that has truthfully allowed for me to be fearless, not be afraid to apply, put my name out there for whatever it may be. And it has led me to where I am today, where now I am working at Google. I where I go to school at Columbia University. It was the first, like I said, first door to open, to teach me that there is no mountain high enough to like, you know, that I can't climb. And, and if, hey, if, you know, the worst you can ever get answer is no. Because, you know, here we talked about all the amazing things, you know, that I've been able to do because of Take Stock. But I have been rejected time and time again for so many things, for so many jobs, other opportunities, other schools that I've applied for, you know. So it's, it's taught me how to just be comfortable with my, yeah, with everything. So, yeah, I'd say that. <laughs> 
Wonderful. And where do you see yourself in 20 years? Oh, hopefully, honestly, in 20 years, I really want to be, I wouldn't say retired, but yeah, I want to be like Mark Kosofsky in the sense that I would love to have like my own, like, you know, uh, leaders for life kind of program of students that I get to, you know, make a difference in their lives. Um, because I, I'm all about amplifying impact. And I think, you know, yes, I was given a full ride to college, but my goal is to give as many people full rides to college too. That's what I would say. In 20 years from now, I'll hopefully be in a point in my life that I can, you know, be able to just focus on solely giving back and not working, <laughs> but that for that to be my job. <laughs> Those are two big goals that could definitely happen for you because you have such a tremendous trajectory trajectory of your your life and career so far. So it's amazing to see. And we're so glad that you were able to participate in Take Stock, in Leaders for Life. And now you're doing your thing in your career. So we hope you get to come back to Florida whenever you can to you know, reunite with your Take Stock Brower family. Even if you want to stop by the state office and talk to us, we'll gladly have you over. <laughs> It's always yes. awesome. Our doors are always open and you're always Take Stock Family for Life. All right. Thank you so much, Alfonso, for sharing your story, your Take Stock story with us, your journey as a Leaders for Life fellow and all the great things that you're doing in your career. We love to see how much this program has impacted your life and what you want to do in the future as well. It's very inspiring and we hope it will be inspiring for this incoming class of Leaders for Life fellows. We want to thank Alfonso Mejia for being our guest on today's episode. If you want to learn more about Take Stock in Children or the Leaders for Life program, visit us at takestockinchildren.org. Again, thank you for listening to the Mentors and Milestones podcast, and we hope you join us for the next one to hear more impactful, hopeful, and inspiring Take Stock stories.